Morning prayer begins on page three. O send up thy light and thy truth that they may lead me and bring me into thy holy hill and to thy dwelling. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Venite, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 141 and 142, beginning on page 517. Lord, I call upon thee, haste to me, and consider my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, and keep the door of my lips. O let not mine heart be inclined to any evil thing. Let me not be occupied in ungodly works with the men that work wickedness. Neither let me eat of such things as please them. Let the righteous rather smite me friendly and reprove me. Yea, let not my head refuse their precious balms. As for the ungodly, I will pray yet against their wickedness. Let their judges be overthrown in stony places, that they may hear my words, for they are sweet. Our bones lie scattered before the pit, like as when one breaketh and heweth wood upon the earth. But mine eyes look unto thee, O Lord God. In thee is my trust, O cast not out my soul. Keep me from the snare that they have laid for me, and from the traps of the wicked doers. Let the ungodly fall into their own nets together, and let me ever escape them. Psalm 142 I cried unto the Lord with my voice, yea, even unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaints before him, and showed him of my trouble. When my spirit was in heaviness, thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked also upon my right hand, and saw there was no man that would know me. I had no place to flee unto, and no man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, and said, Thou art my hope and my portion in the land of the living. Consider my complaint, for I am brought very low. O deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may give thanks unto thy name. Which thing, if thou wilt grant me, then shall the, the righteous resort unto my company. Glory be to Glory the be. Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eighth chapter of the second book of Kings. 
Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and for the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. It came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened, as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the proceeds of the fields from the day that she left the land until now. Then Elisha went to Damascus, and Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, was sick. And it was told him, saying, The man of God is come here. And the king said to Hazi, Take a present in your hand, and go to meet the man of God, and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, Shall I recover from this disease? So Hazael went to meet him, and took a present with him, of every good thing of Damascus, forty camel loads. And he came and stood before him, and said, Your son Ben-Hadad, king of Siu, saying, Shall I recover from this disease? And Elisha said to him, Go, say to him, You shall certainly recover. However, the Lord has showed me that he will really die. Then he set his countenance in a stare until he was ashamed, and when the man of God wept. And Hazael said, Why is my Lord weeping? He answered, Because I know the evil that you will do to the children of Israel. Their strongholds you will set on fire, and their young men you will kill with the sword, and you will dash their children, and rip open the women with child. So Hazael said, But what is your servant, a dog, that he should do this gross thing? And Elisha answered, The Lord has shown me that you will become king over Syria. Then he departed from Elisha and came to his master, who said to him, What did Elisha say to you? And he answered, He told me that you would surely recover. But it happened on the next day that he took a thick cloth and dipped it in water and spread it over his face so that he died and Hazael reigned in his place. Now in the fifth year of Joram the son of Ahab king of Israel, Jehoshaphat having been king of Judah, Jehoram the son of Jehoshaphat began to reign as king of Judah. He was thirty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, just as the house of Ahab had done. For the daughter of Ahab was his wife and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yet the Lord would not destroy Judah for the sake of his servant David, as he promised him to give a lamp to him and his sons forever. In his days, Edom revolted against Judah's authority and made a king over themselves. So Joram went to Zer and all his chariots with him. Then he rose by night and attacked the Edomites, who had surrounded him and the captains of the chariots, and the troops fled to their tents. Thus Edom has been in revolt against Judah's authority to this day, and Libna revolted at that time. Now the rest of the acts of Joram and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Joram rested with his fathers, and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. Then Ahaziah his son reigned in his place. In the twelfth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. And Ahaziah was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Omri, king of Israel. And he walked in the way of the house of Ahab, and did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab.
Now he went with Joram the son of Ahab to war against Hazael king of Syria at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Syrians wounded Joram. Then King Joram went back to Jezreel to recover from his wounds, which the Syrians had inflicted on him at Ramah. And he fought against Hazael king of Syria. And Ahaziah the son of Jehoram king of Judah went down to see Joram the son of Ahab in Jezreel, because he was sick. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus asks on page 11, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the seventeenth verse of the fifth chapter of the first epistle of St. Paul to Timothy. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wagers. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. 
Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty and most merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness, keep us, we beseech thee, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things which thou commandest through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, and all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting, Ran into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. Our King's lesson, kind of just reading through the narrative of it, presents a sort of um, interesting just contrast. We're getting this narrative of kings who are mostly bad right now, but Elisha. <clears throat> appears as the one who's kind of in control. Um, he uh, and 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 the provision for the woman um, to go and escape the famine is a kind of type of God's elect. There's there's this king who's ruling and not good things are happening, but God notices that woman who he, who is who is uh, favored, and she's told to go into exile, avoid the famine, and when she come back, she's restored. All at the hand of Elisha. Who, who, you know, uh, has influence with with the king, and the kings themselves are not seen to be in control. And then he goes and he talks to the <clears throat> the Syrian, you know, envoy and, and lets them know what's going to happen there, and uh, knows that that what's going to happen is that the, that the king would actually recover his actual illness, but this guy's going to kill him and take his and take and. Through the, the the passage, we have all the evil that's being done by the rulers who are ignoring God's will and word. But God's kingdom is present to Elisha, who proclaims God's will and word, and those who listen are are um, preserved and faithful. And that's kind of an enduring thing. And we get this whole chapter, even with the bad uh, southern kingdom king descendant of David, he's bad, but God says, because of my promise, my word to David, I will maintain this. And, and so this ultimately has the eye to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ, the God's maintaining his promise through all this stuff he on it. And this is sort of our own um, hope in the midst of the turmoil of the world that uh, lots of stuff is going on, rulers are doing bad things, uh, but God's word will endure, and as we're, we hold on to the Messiah, we're holding on to that promise God made through David and fulfilled in Christ, that, that God, we are part of God's people, God's maker's provision for us in the midst of this turmoil, and God's word will prevail. And that kind of gets us over to the New Testament lesson where um, uh, Paul's giving Timothy sort of you know, organizational instructions. Let the elders who are be worthy of double honor, literally double pay. And he's because he goes on to say you shouldn't muzzle the ox where he's threshing, and especially those who labor in word and doctrine. And the idea really sometimes we've if we misplace the idea of the church, we think of you know faith helps you with life in the world. But in truth, um, the people of God gathered in the church 
are where the will and word of God is proclaimed and understood. And just like Elijah, Elisha is is the one who bears the true understanding of what's happening in the midst of the of the disobedience of the world. So the church, the custodian of, of the word of God, also provides the true wisdom. The um, images of the Bible that's so profound is in Revelation, where the elders are praying and offering prayers to God, that the church, this symbolizes the church is actually ruling the world through its prayer. It's in touch with the throne room of God. It is interceding for things. And, and that's where things are happening. And this is why elders, those who lead the church, shouldn't be thought of as the you know, second class people who do something that's not productive, but should be greatly honored for those who, who proclaim the word of God. And, and this is how we, this is the preeminent thing, God's will and word in the church. And we understand our lives in the world through the word in the church. And this is why it's important, you know, to, to support it, to, to tithe and so the church can can prosper the witness to God in the world is is powerful and and can be seen and and so that that in in a certain way the church in her various local manifestations as a microcosm of the whole each one a microcosm of the whole catholic body uh is like a elisha you know running around israel here is where the word of God is understood and proclaimed that we see the world rightly and we hold on to the promise that will endure through whatever happens in the world around us. Um, one, uh, two closing notes. One, the, the idea says some men's sins are evident and some it, it takes a while. You see in the life of the church that, that over the long term, what is right plays itself out and you see it. It's one reason why we don't want to, to too quickly, um, you know, jump on what we see, you know, and, and make a snap judgment. Sometimes we have to let things play out. And um, and then, of course, we have our, our uh, favorite Anglican verse, the, the uh, advice of Paul to Timothy to don't just drink water, do some wine also. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. We'll continue the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving help unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, become thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we the unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good with you all this morning. God be with you today. Peace to all.
Thank, Thank you, you Mr. Scarlett. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye.